0: The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith Hill. That's who we are. Good morning, faithful church. Morning and good morning to all of you watching on Faithful Church online. Well, I'm so excited um, for the Word this morning. I believe that God's got, uh, as usual, an amazing Word, and I'm expectant to see healing in this place. I'm expectant to see miracles happen today, and I'm expectant for you all to receive your breakthroughs. Come on, someone shout Hallelujah! Someone shout Thank you, Jesus! Amen and amen and amen. Well, today we're continuing in the series that Pastor Tafara started last week. And that series, I'm going to get it right this time, Pastor Henry. It's saved and empowered by grace not by works, okay? I mean, Pastor Zafari, you teach a really amazing, amazing sermon last week. And I want to encourage you, if you missed it last week, you can still catch up on our YouTube channel. You can also catch up on our Facebook archive. So all you have to do, if you're online, you just scroll below and you'll see the sermon from last week. And you know what? Faithful Church has a podcast. Okay, if you haven't subscribed to it, subscribe to it today and you can catch up with all these awesome teachings and then you can also catch up on the teaching on SoundCloud, okay? So there's no excuse. If you missed last week's sermon, you want to make sure you catch up, okay? So we're going to be starting this morning in our foundational verse, or our foundational scripture and that's found in Romans 1, um, 16 to 17. So that's Romans 1 and we're going to read chapter, uh, uh, verses 16 to 17, in the King James Version. Now I just want to set a bit of context um, about the, uh, around this specific verse. I want to just set some context around really the time and the setting that these specific words were spoken by Apostle Paul. Now the book of Romans was really a book that was written to Christians in Rome. And many of these Christians were actually Gentiles, right? They were mainly Gentile believers. And what had happened is these Gentiles had heard the gospel they'd become born again, and they were starting to follow the Lord. But now, you know, these these believers were being troubled by Jewish believers. And the Jewish believers um, were troubling them because they were telling them that you could, you know, mix the Old Testament law with Christianity. And the reason why they were doing this and, you know, why they still had this mindset is because really the Jewish mindset or the, the legalist mindset, you know, says that you have to do the law. The Jewish mindset says that you have to do all these things. And if you're holy enough, you know, if you're worthy enough, then maybe God can accept you. The Jewish mindset says that if if you do all these things, if you're holy enough, then maybe you can earn your salvation. And so it's with this context, with this background, that the Apostle Paul, who's commonly known as the Apostle of Grace, he literally bursts into the scene and he makes the most radical statement And that statement is what we're about to read in Romans 1, verse 16. So Apostle Paul comes in and he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. 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 And now that word gospel we learned last week comes from the Greek word which literally means nearly too good to be true news. Amen. We also learned last week that this word was rarely used outside of the New Testament because the truth, church, is that before Jesus came, Before Jesus came, there was hardly anything in the world that was nearly too good to be true. And so I believe the biblical writers, they used this specific word because really it was a true description of what the Lord had done for us. Amen. And so gospel, the gospel is good news, church, not bad news. And you know, here I've got to say, and it's really sad that we've got to say this, Pastor Tafara. But many people in church, many Christians, have not heard the good news of the gospel. You know, it's so sad to say, but it's happening, that many Christians are not being taught the good news of the gospel. You know, growing up, I remember I used to associate the teaching or the preaching of the gospel with the teaching that constantly told me that I was a sinner you know, that I was a no good for nothing sinner. And that if I didn't repent, I was going to burn in hell. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You've heard the turn or burn, hey? You know, repent or burn in hell. So truth be told. And I said it to the first service, and I'm going to share with you now. I'm going to tell you something and what I share with you here stays in here, okay? And for you guys online, what I share today stays in your homes, okay? Because this was my reality. This is my truth, right? <laughs> I remember the very first time that I went up for an altar call. I mean, the, 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 the pastor, you know, had, had preached a fire sermon, you know, telling me that I was a, a no good sinner. So, so, you know, truth be told, The only reason why I went up for an altar call was because I was scared of burning in hell. I was scared of burning in hell. I mean, I burnt my hand on the stove, and I was just imagining I would be spending the rest of my eternity in something that's hotter than a stove? Uh-uh. And so when the preacher started to, you know, make this altar call, I really started weighing up my options. Okay, I did. That was my BC days. Okay, what's hap- What's said in here stays in here. Okay, don't tell anyone. But when the pastor or well, the priest was, you know, started to, you know, call us up to receive a, an altar call, you know, I started to weigh up my options. I started to think if this guy, if this guy is telling the truth, you know, then I'm going to have to get up there so that I can buy myself some fire insurance, you know, before it's too late. (laughs) And so while this is true, church, there is a God, there is a devil, there is a heaven, and there is a hell. You know, some people don't believe that there's a hell, but a hell exists. And while it is true that if we don't repent, you know, we're going to end up in hell. How many of you know that that teaching is not good news? In fact, it's scary news. It's sure as hell, it sure surely convinced me to get up and go for that altar call. It's scary news. This teaching is not the good news. This teaching is not the gospel. The good news church is that Jesus came and Jesus paid for all of our sins. Jesus paid for our past sins. Jesus paid for our present sins. And Jesus paid for the sins that we are yet to even commit. The good news of the gospel is that with Jesus' blood, He redeemed us from the penalty of sin. He redeemed us from sickness. He redeemed us from poverty. Amen. The good news of the gospel is that we were justified. And that was a word that we learned last week. And that word simply means acquitted. The good news is that we were acquitted from paying the penalty of our sins. And hear this not by our own works. We were justified by believing in the finished work of Jesus. Amen. The good news. The good news church is that the Bible says that Jesus was the propitiation of our sins not only our sins but for the sins of the entire world and we learned that that word propitiation means Jesus became the perfect the sinless the spotless atoning sacrifice that forever forever satisfied the wrath of God Come on church the good news is that God is not angry with you. The good news is that God is not angry with me. The good news is that God is not angry with the world. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus got what we deserved so that we could get what he deserved. You know, the Bible says that when Jesus died, he was raised from the dead, and he was exalted to sit at the right hand of the Father, really as a reward or as an honor of his obedience. And guess what, church? When we make Jesus our Lord and our Savior, we too are raised from the dead. When we make Jesus our Lord and our Savior, we too are raised to a new life. Thank you, Jesus. We too right now are seated with God in heavenly places, far above all principalities, far above all powers, far above anything and everything that may harm you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. This is the nearly too good to be true news of the gospel. This is the gospel. And so Paul, continuing in Romans 1 verse 16, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the nearly too good to be true news of what the Lord has done for me. And so the question you're probably asking is, Paul, why are you not ashamed of this gospel? And he answers it. He says, for the gospel, for it, the gospel is the power of God." unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God. And here, Paul is talking about grace because I want to submit to you that the gospel of Christ is the grace of God, okay? And we're going to look at two scriptures that are going to show you how the gospel, the word gospel, and the word grace can be used interchangeably, okay? So the first scripture we're going to look at is Acts twenty twenty four. It says, but none of these things move me, Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And so, another way that Paul could really have said this very last um, part or this last uh, phrase of Acts 20, verse 24, is he could have said, You know, I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel, which is the grace of God. And so we see, we see Paul here using the word gospel and the word grace interchangeably because really they are, they are one and the same thing, okay? And I just wanna show you another scripture which shows us again how Paul uses these two terms interchangeably. You know why I'm belaboring this point is because really the, the title of our message is Saved and Empowered by Grace okay? And so you're probably wondering, you know, if you're if you sharp like me, <laughs> you're probably wondering, well, how does the grace of God fit into all of this, okay? So I'm really belaboring the point here because I want to show you that the gospel of Christ is really the grace of God. Amen. So go with me quickly, and we're going to read Galatians 1, 6 to 7. Again, this is a book by Paul. This, Paul was the apostle of the grace. Paul had a revelation of grace, you know, that no one else in his time had. And so, you know, when he speaks, we need to, we need to listen to what he has to say about the subject of grace. Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of God, okay? So I want you to underline that. He says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. And he says, unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you, and would pervert the gospel of Christ. So again, what we see is Paul using the gospel of Christ and the word grace of Christ interchangeably. In other words, what Paul is saying is that the gospel of Christ is the grace of Christ, okay? So if you're preaching the gospel, you're preaching the grace of God, amen? So going back to Romans 1, verse 16, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the grace of God. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then to the to the Greek, he says, or well, the Gentile. I Can't remember what he says, but he says that. I'll read it. I'll read it. I'll read it now now, okay? And so so what Paul is saying again is he's saying, the gospel, the grace of God is the power of God unto salvation. Now, that word power simply means the ability to get results. And so grace will give you the ability to get results as far as your salvation is concerned. And we learned last week again. Last week's sermon was fantastic, guys. If you missed last week's sermon, I want to encourage you to catch up, okay? The word salvation, it comes from the Greek word soterio, from which we get the root word sozo. And that word simply, um, you know, it's, salvation is, is really a package deal. And it's an all-encompassing word which talks about all the benefits that come with us believing in the finished work of Christ. Amen. So that word salvation um, means preservation. That word salvation means soundness, healing, deliverance, protection, prosperity, the package deal. It means all the finished works of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so what the Bible is saying here in this specific chapter is that if you need healing, well, grace is the power that will give you healing. And so maybe it's prosperity you need here. Well, if you need prosperity, it's in the gospel. God's grace is the power to bring about prosperity into your life. You see, what we've thought and what we've done is we've thought that our religious performance was the thing that would bring these things in our lives. And what we've done and what we've thought is if we prayed hard enough, if we prayed long enough, then maybe God would heal us. You know, what we've done and incorrectly done is we've thought that if we fasted, Thirty days and forty nights does that even make sense it doesn 't, but you get my drift. If we fasted long enough, then maybe you know this would bring about these things in our lives. But the Bible is very clear: it is the gospel, it is the grace of God that has the power is the power of God to bring about salvation in your lives. amen. and so how do we experience the benefits of of grace? Again, we learned last week in Ephesians two verse eight the way it says, Paul says, we are saved. In other words, sozoed, right? We are saved by grace through faith. Faith is then our positive response to everything that the grace of God has already provided. Amen. So that scripture, I love it because it says we are saved by grace through faith, not of our works. It's not about our works. It's never been about our works. It says not about your works, should any man boast. Amen. And so we're healed by grace through faith in what Jesus has already made happen. Not what we can make happen. Similarly, we are prospered by grace, not but by, by what we have done, but by faith in what Jesus has already made happen. Amen. And so Romans 1 verse 16, it pretty much says the same thing. It says, grace is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Okay, it says to everyone who simply believes. The power of God is available, church, to everyone. And all you have to do to appropriate what has already been provided by grace is simply believe and put your trust, your faith, and your confidence in the finished work of God. Of Jesus. And and, and for those taking notes, you know, um, you can write this down. You know, if you can believe it, you can receive it. If you can believe, then you can receive everything that God has provided for us in the person of Jesus. And here I've got to say, believing, faith, it's not a feeling. Believing is not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling, it's a decision. And today, I want to encourage you today, you're one decision away from believing in the finished work of Jesus. You're one step away from believing in everything that Jesus already accomplished for you on the cross. Amen. And so we carry on in verse 17, as we just wrap up our foundational scriptures, it says, for therein, in other words, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just, those that are justified, shall live by faith. I want you to notice something. You know, this scripture doesn't say that the righteousness of God is revealed from law to law. It also doesn't say that the righteousness of God is revealed from good works to good works. Good works, church. And, you know, if you don't get anything in this whole series, I, you know, this is one thing you need to get. Your good works don't earn you right standing with God. The law could never earn you right standing with God. And note, I'm using the word right standing in place of righteousness because really that's what righteousness is. Righteousness is having right standing with God. Righteousness is standing in the presence of God without any fear. You know, standing in the presence of God without any sense of guilt, without any sense of inferiority. Right standing is is really the privilege of being able to stand before God without any sense of unworthiness. Amen. And so, the scripture here in verse seventeen says it's the gospel that reveals that the only way that you can receive this right standing with God as a free gift is by faith. Is by faith, not faith in your own works, but faith in the finished work of our Lord Jesus. Amen. And so, this morning we're going to be continuing um, in this series, and I want to talk specific. I really feel led to talk specifically today about a provision that God has made available through the covenant of grace, that a provisions that God has also made available through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And I want to talk to you today about the provision for healing and divine health. You see, the message of the gospel, you know, it proclaims healing and divine health to everyone who simply believes in the finished work of Jesus. And so so this morning, I want to share with you some scriptures, which, you know, Faithful Church, we know you got this, okay? This is something we teach every week and something that we demonstrate every week, okay? So the scriptures I'm going to share with you are probably nothing new to you, okay? But I just want to encourage you this morning to open up your hearts and, and be expectant to receive more from God. You know, I always say with the Word of God, there's always more. God has more for you. God has more for me. And so this morning, as you just open up your hearts, as you receive these scriptures that you've seen before, be expectant for the Holy Spirit to show you another dimension of the scripture that you've never been seen before. Be expectant to, to, for the Holy Spirit to show you and to reveal something that I believe is specifically something that you require today in as far as healing and divine health is concerned. Amen. So on the cross when Jesus died nearly over 2,000 years ago. The Bible in 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that Jesus, or it says that he who knew no sin, Jesus walked on the earth sinless. He did not sin, okay? It says he who knew no sin, he became sin. I mean, I, I can't wrap my head around what that actually means, right? but I I believe it means that Jesus literally bore our sins. He literally became the object that incurred the full wrath of God, okay? So it says he bore our sins. He, He became sins, and in exchange, church, we know that we received his righteousness, that for Jesus bearing our sins, the exchange was that we got his righteousness, that we became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and we thank God that it actually doesn't stop there because the divine exchange also tells us in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9 that on that cross, church, on that cross, Jesus became poor. Other uh, translations of the Bible said Jesus on the cross, he became so very poor. Jesus was bankrupted on the cross. And the reason why he did that was so that in exchange, we could become rich. So that in exchange, we could always be abundantly and liberally supplied. Thank you, Jesus. And the the good news of the gospel, the good news of truly what transpired on the cross, is that it doesn't end there. We're going to share some scriptures that show you that not only did Jesus bear our sins so that we could become righteous, not only did Jesus bear our poverty so that we could become rich, but Jesus also bore all of our sicknesses. He bore all of our disease, all of our pain, all of our griefs. And the reason why he did that is so that we could be healed and so that we could walk in divine health. And so we are healed by grace through faith, faith in the finished work of our Lord Jesus. And not only are we healed by grace through faith, but grace empowers us to walk in divine health all the days of our lives. And I just want to um, uh, explain the difference between healing and divine health. Okay. You get healed when you're sick, okay? So, so God's grace provides or has already provided through our Lord Jesus grace for you to receive healing when you're sick, Now, divine health, I just believe divine health is God's very best for our lives. And really, uh, where we, we, you know, we really need to be walking in. Divine health means, you know, is a state where you really just never get sick. And that's awesome. And I want to tell you this morning that God's grace, God has already empowered us to walk in divine health. To walk in a state where we never, ever, ever, ever get sick. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's go quickly to Psalm 103. And we're going to read it in the King James Version. It's actually one of my favorite s- passages of scripture. Um, okay, the whole Bible is my favorite. <laughs> but this one, <laughs> this one holds a very special and dear place in my heart. And you'll find that a little bit later. This is a psalmist, um, and it's David. And, and he begins and he says, it begins Psalm 103 by saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. You know, I said to the first service um, this morning, I said, you know, sometimes we're going to have to talk to ourselves. Sometimes, just like David, we're going to have to tell our souls to bless the Lord. You know, we may have come to church not feeling happy. You know, we may have come to church with some very real problems. But sometimes we're just going to have to tell our mind. We're just going to have to tell our will. And we're, ladies, this one's for you. We're going to have to tell our emotions. That we're gonna bless the Lord, oh my soul. We're gonna raise our hallelujah. We're gonna sing even in the middle of a storm. And so David says, Bless the Lord. Come on, oh my soul. Are you listening, soul? You're gonna bless the Lord today. Verse two, he says, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. He says, Forget not all his benefits. You know, I believe the reason why um, David was saying we must not forget all all of his benefits, all of God's benefits is, you know, the reality is, is we live in a fallen world. Life happens. And so sometimes we have a tendency to forget. We have a tendency to forget that, you know, right now I may not have rent, but two weeks ago, God was faithful to provide me money to take care of my children. You know, sometimes we just have a tendency to forget, but David is saying, no, don't forget. Don't forget that last week I woke up and my back was sore. But by God's grace, God's grace, as I walked to work, my back was healed. And so we need to be intentional, church. We need to be purposeful about not forgetting how good God is. And so David says, forget not all his benefits. All. Because there are benefits to serving Jesus. There are benefits to receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And church, there are benefits to our salvation. And so David begins to list some of those benefits, and he starts off with the first benefit. And he says, who forgives all thine iniquities?" And that word iniquity is sin. So, you know, God has forgiven us not only the sins we committed yesterday, but the sins we're going to commit today, as well as the sins that we don't know that we're going to commit tomorrow. He's forgiven us of all of our sins, church. Then David also says, who heals all, come on, all thy diseases. Amen. So here we see healing, we see forgiveness of sins in the same verse. So not only are we forgiven of our sins, but we're also healed of all of our diseases. And I always say to you that that word all means all, but I looked it up this weekend finally, and that word all also means something else. That word all means nothing left out. Because as far as sickness and disease is concerned, there is nothing that was left out of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. There was no kind of cancer that was left out. There is no kind of tumor that was left out. There is no kind of blood disease, blood disorder, blood DD. There is no COVID that was left out of the redemptive work. There is no HIV, no AIDS that was left out of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, our Lord. No disease was left out. No disease that exists today was left out. And guess what? No disease that is to come that they haven't even discovered, that they haven't even named, was left out of the redemptive work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm going to shock you. I'm going to tell you something that will shock you. That will probably shock some ladies (laughs) because it shocked them this morning. But no morning sickness was left out of Jesus's redemptive work on the cross. And when the Bible says nothing was left out, it means nothing was left out. Amen. And so I remember um, when I first felt pregnant with our first child. She's seven years now, old now. And the first signs of morning sickness started um, coming into my body. And I, I was frustrated because I couldn't even go to work. You know, I was frustrated because I couldn't even become a, a productive citizen because I was not feeling well. And I decided that I was going to believe the Bible. I decided that when Jesus says that nothing was left out, he meant nothing was left out. And so this scripture really helped me to focus my attention on Jesus and what Jesus had accomplished for me even during pregnancy. And so the good news is I don't think I had morning sickness for more than that week, right? As I took my attention off really myself and how I was feeling and as I focused on Jesus. And I can tell you right now, I didn't have morning sickness at all with my second child. And I believe that there are people here, there are people watching online who are believing God for a baby. Well, you too can believe, God, that no morning sickness will come near you. You too can believe, God, that no acne, no lethargy, no tiredness will come near you. Because when the Bible says he heals all our disease, he healed all our disease. Amen. It says, who redeems thy life from destruction. I like this because the message says, who saves my life. You know, Pastor Tafara and I have decided that we are going to live out our full number of days. You know, Pastor Tafara has decided he's going to do 120. I'm still not yet decided if I want to live until 120. But either way, I want to be fully satisfied with life. Amen? And this scripture says that, you know, we, he redeems us from destruction. He saves our lives. We can be fully satisfied with life. And then it says, who satisfy thy mouth with good things so that thy youth, is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm claiming this. I'm almost 40. I'm going to claim this one. (laughs) I'm going to live strong. We're both going to live long, and we're going to live strong. Amen. You know, you don't have to accept sickness in your own age. You don't have to accept diseases in your own age. You don't have to accept infirmity in your old age, and you most certainly don't have to accept weakness in your old age. Yeah. Amen. Because God renews your eagle, re, your youth. Sorry, like the eagles. Yeah. Let's look at a few more scriptures. I know time is fast spent. I always say I wish time went by this fast when I was doing burpees or when I was doing planks in the gym. Hey. Eh? <laughs> jeez, or when we're doing box jumps in CrossFit. You know what I'm talking about, eh? Pastor Trevor knows what I'm talking about. Isaiah 33, verse 24, in the King James Version. This is talking about Zion, okay? And another, uh, 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 well, this word Zion literally means gathered worshipers. So it's talking about the church, really, okay? And so the scripture says in Isaiah 33, 24, And the inhabitant of Zion, they shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. So, in other words, what the scripture is saying is that the people in Zion will not say they are sick because healing has already been provided for them. And also, they will be forgiven of their iniquities. So, again, we see healing and the forgiveness of sins in the same verse because really both were included in God's redemptive plan. Let's go quickly. Isaiah 52. And we're going to read this in the amplified classic translation. And we're going to read verses 14 to 15. Isaiah 52, 14 to 15 in the amplified classic translation of the Bible. You know, the most important thing that I ever discovered in my life was what the Lord Jesus had done for me. And I truly believe that the most important thing that you will ever discover, that you will ever get to know in your life is what Jesus, the Lord Jesus has done for you. Amen. And so, really, it's in, it's in the gospel. It's in the gospel. And, and I, again, I believe that, you know, when you realize what Jesus has done for you, what Jesus has already done for you by grace, you know, you'll stop tolerating some of the things that you have been tolerating in your life. Amen. And so, we're going to read Isaiah. We're going to camp out a little bit in the book of Isaiah. Now, Isaiah was a prophet, and in this specific passage of Scripture that we're about to read, he begins to paint a really graphic picture of what would transpire on the cross um, during, during Jesus' crucifixion. So Isaiah 52 as well as Isaiah 53, the Scriptures that we're going to read, really are a picture, a prophetic view of what um, would happen with Jesus being on the cross. So Isaiah 52, 14 to 15 in the Amplified Classic, it says, For many, the Son of God became an object of horror. Many were astonished at him. So the servant of God here is Jesus. It says, His face and his whole appearance were marred more than any man's, and his form beyond that of the sons of men. But just as many were astonished at him, so shall he sparkle, startle, and sprinkle many nations. And kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which was not been told them shall they see, and that which they have not heard shall they consider and understand. And so the scripture says Jesus became an object of horror on the cross. That word horror really speaks, you know, it can be translated as painful, intense fear or dread, dismay, intense aversion or repugnance. And what people, I believe what people realized, you know, as they observed Jesus on the cross was that this was no ordinary crucifixion. Now physically, I just want to share some things that happened to Jesus uh, on the cross physically that people could actually see and observe. So, so physically, Jesus took 39 stripes with what they call the cat of nine tails on his back, on his flesh. Now the cat of nine tails was just a whip and it had nine leather thongs attached to it. And at the end of each of the nine um, leather throngs were bits of metal. And so, so, so literally Jesus was beaten 39 times on his back with this cat of nine tails. And I did my research, and, and then the researchers say that very few people survived this kind of beating. Very few people survived what the Lord Jesus went through for us. Not only was he beaten with this cat of t- nine nails, but then he, it says that he was beaten with fists, and he was slapped, spat on by 71 men, and they, these are members of the Sanhedrin. It also says, and we all know this, that nails were driven into his hands and gigantic nails were driven into his feet and his side was pierced with a spear. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because this is really, you know, what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. This is, this is the price that Jesus paid for us. And so, you know, while these are the physical things that uh, people could observe, something in this crucifixion still made them stop and be astonished, utterly astonished And I believe this was because his body was so marred. You know, the scripture in the message translation or the rendition, sorry, of this specific um, scripture says at first everyone was appalled. It says he didn't even look human, he was a ruined face, disfigured, past recognition. And I believe the reason why he, you know, was disfigured past recognition and that he didn't look human was because Jesus had become the sin bearer for all of our sins, for all people, for all time. And not only was Jesus the sin bearer for all of our sins, for all people, for all time, but at the same time on the cross, Jesus was bearing all of our sicknesses, all of our diseases, all of our tumors, all of our cancers, all of our birth defects, all of our deformities, all of our disabilities. The disabilities of the whole world, the sicknesses of the whole world were going into his body to the extent that he didn't even look human. This is the price Jesus paid for us. He took our sins, he took our sicknesses, he took our diseases. And church, the good news is in exchange, we got his righteousness. The good news is that we got his healing and we can live in divine health. And so after painting this picture of what was going on the cross, Isaiah continues in Isaiah 53 and in verse 1, he says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed? King James says, who has believed our report? In other words, what Isaiah was saying, who has believed the nearly too good to be true news? Who has believed that Jesus would take all of our sins, that Jesus would take all of our sicknesses, that Jesus would take all of our disease, that Jesus would suffer in our place? I mean, this was almost too good to be true news. I'm going to skip verse 2 and verse 3, and I'm going to jump straight into verse 4. And if you don't have this Bible verse lined, you know, we're going to run out of time. If you don't have this Bible uh, verse underlined, I, I want to um, encourage you to. Oh, I can carry on? Okay. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Okay. Can I, can I just go back to two? Okay. So verse two says, for the servant of God grew up before him like a tender plant and like a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And the Amplified says no royal or kingly prom, pomp that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. In other words, you know, this is really amazing because it's saying that Jesus, he became a man and he wasn't one of those, you know, rock star, kingly, you know, glamorous men. He became an ordinary man. Jesus literally took our place and became what we were, ordinary. And so verse 3, it says, he was despised and rejected and forsaken by men. A man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sickness. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And he and we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Then verse 4. This is the climax of the scripture. Isaiah says, surely. In other words, what Isaiah is saying, it is a sure thing. He has borne our griefs. And why I like the Amplified Translation is because it defines what grief is. It says griefs are sicknesses, weaknesses, and distress. So surely, it is a sure thing that Jesus bore our sicknesses, he bore our weaknesses, and he bore our distresses. And he carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Then it says, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. You see, when they saw Jesus on the cross in that state, you know, when they saw Jesus so ruined, so disfigured, so unhuman-like, the closest thing they could think of describing him to have was leprosy. So they thought he had leprosy. And in those days when someone had leprosy, everyone thought that they had leprosy because it was some sort of judgment from God that they were receiving. It was some sort of punishment for their sins that they were receiving from God. And so when they saw Jesus on the cross and they thought he had leprosy, they thought that Jesus was incurring the judgment or the wrath of God because of his sins. And so Isaiah begins to correct this train of thought. And he says in verse 5, but he... Was wounded for our transgressions, not his, but he was bruised for our guilt and our iniquities. The chastisement, and that's a fancy word, but all it means is that the punishment that our sins deserved, that punishment that was needful to obtain our peace and our well-being that punishment was upon him and then it says and with his stripes with his stripes the stripes that wounded him the stripes that bruised him we are healed and we are made whole thank you jesus hallelujah i've got two more scriptures to conclude I mean, I like I like commentaries, um, and I believe the best commentaries are what the Bible, you know, has to say about the Bible. And I want us to look at an awesome commentary about Isaiah 53 that's found in the book of Matthew. And so we're going to go in closing to Matthew 8, and we're going to read 16 to 17 in the King James version. So we'll go back to Old English. Matthew 8: 16 to 17 in the King James version. And now we're going over to the ministry of Jesus. Um, in Matthew 8, and, and we all know that the primary characteristic of Jesus's earthly ministry was healing. So let's just jump straight into it. Matthew 8:16 says, "When the even was come, okay. they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Do you see that? All that were sick were healed." And then verse 17, it says, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah. So that's Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And so again, we see in the book of Matthew that not only did Jesus become, take on our sins so that we could receive the righteousness of God, but Jesus also took on all of our sicknesses. Jesus took on all of our diseases so that we could be healed, so that we could never be sick again. And, and as we close, I want to go to the last scripture, and that's found in the book of Peter. 1 Peter 2, verse 24. You know, Peter, unlike Isaiah, he had the benefit um, of being able to look back at what Jesus had accomplished on the cross. Isaiah was looking ahead, right? Isaiah was prophesying to what would come. But Peter, Peter had the benefit of actually looking back and seeing what had already happened and been accomplished on the cross. And I believe Peter had a real revelation of healing because I don't know anyone else who shadow healed people as they walked okay? So again, you know, if you want to hear something about healing that's going to change your life, you, I think we need to listen to what Peter has to say as well. First Peter 2 verse 24, it says, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree. In other words, on the cross, Jesus bore our sins in his own body on that cross, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. And then Peter concludes that very same verse, and he says, by whose stripes you were healed by his stripes you were healed church that's past tense and it's past tense because this is a fact that has already taken place Jesus bore our sicknesses he literally lifted them up and carried them away from you and I and by his stripes are healed and we can live and walk in divine health amen why don't you stand up on your feet thank you jesus oh father we just want to thank you lord for healing thank you that healing is in this place today father we thank you father we thank you for your word father we thank you for jesus Father, we thank you that you sent your one and only begotten Son, Jesus, not only to die for our sins so that we could receive his righteousness, not only to become poor so that we could receive riches, richness, and abundance of supply, but we thank you, Father, that you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that he could bear our sicknesses, he could bear our diseases, he could bear our shame, he could bear our pain, he could bear our sorrows. He could bear our griefs. So that in exchange, Father, today we can stand boldly, bold, emboldened by the, by the boldness that your grace supplies. And we can say that today we are healed by grace in faith, by faith in what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. Father, we thank you that by the stripes that wounded Jesus, We were healed we are healed today and so father we just want to say thank you for your healing thank you for your healing you know if there's anyone here who's not feeling well if there's anyone here who's got pain um disease even a sickness and maybe it might not be in your body but it may be in the body of someone that you know someone that you're related to by blood or even someone that you're related to by relationship i i i we, please don't leave today until we pray over you. Please don't leave today without receiving the grace of healing that God has available. And I'm going to tell you something, that grace of healing, it's available today. It's available here and it's available now. It's available for those watching online. And so if you are not feeling well, if you know anyone who's sick, maybe it's a broken heart, okay? Okay. Because the truth is that Jesus heals broken hearts. Jesus can bind up your wounds, amen. And so I want you to close your eyes and I want everyone, to, you know, if you're sick, if you know someone who's sick, if you want to receive healing on, on their behalf today, I just want you to put up your hand because I just we just want to speak into some bodies today. You know, we just want to command sickness and disease to leave today because really it is an illegal intruder. Sickness and disease has no jurisdiction in your bodies. Sickness and disease has absolutely no authority and no, it should not be in your bodies. So we're going to speak to it right now. Amen. Right now, I just speak life. I just speak healing into the bodies of those who have their hands up. I speak life and I speak healing. Right now I command sickness. I command disease to leave these bodies in the name of Jesus. I speak to organs today. I command every single organ. And I feel in my heart a heart. I just speak to heart. A heart today. A heart that is sick today. Today I speak healing into heart. I speak healing into a heart that is not well. I command it to line up with the word of God, which says by the stripes that wounded Jesus, we were healed. And so I, I just speak healing into a heart, a broken heart, a sick heart today, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit Faithhill today.